0: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? On WGR Sports Radio 550.
2: All right, let's waste no time getting to Paul Hamilton. He's going to be a very, very, very busy man over the next week. Uh, covering the Sabres with the expansion draft with today and tomorrow with the protection list, and also the NHL draft, which is coming up next Friday and next week today. We'll be speaking about the draft for rounds two through seven. Paul Hamilton joining us on the Western Hotline. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm pretty good. Are you taking in any of the uh, Open Championship action right now? I have not seen one shot yet, Ah, but
1: eventually I think I will. I I get more into that as we get... To Sunday, a little bit Saturday, maybe. Fair enough, but I'm not. I'm not much of a golf fan, so I definitely. I never watch on a, a major or, or any golf on Thursday or hey,
2: Friday. Hey, I figured I'd ask because I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> kind of influence Brian Koziel has on you in in terms of getting the chance to watch these. So, well, I have um, good
1: entertainment for him. Um, the, the odd time we go out and play golf. it's Probably been five, six years since we played golf. Okay, he, he gets a lot of entertainment when I. Uh, <laughs> when i play golf with well them.
2: well if if you're entertaining in golf with you should maybe go out for a round with me i i'm i'm the type of golfer <laughs> where uh i'm already doing it wrong in the first place cuz i'm a left-hander that's that's the that's the fun phrase that likes to go around is if you're a lefty you're doing it wrong right off the bat so
1: yeah i'm about howard's speed where i don't <laughs> know who's the better golfer me or howard it's 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 touch and go
2: Oh boy. Yeah, and and Howard usually is the one who's who's always getting the award of the lowest golfer at the WGR Golf Tournament.
1: Oh, I won that one year. Ooh, I, I ooh. probably have that trophy displayed in my living room. Oh,
2: goodness. Well, uh well hopefully hopefully there are uh better things to come with your golf game and same thing with the Sabers. Hopefully there are better things to come with the Sabers over the next week here. Lots of action going on, Paul with uh with the with what's to come today, tomorrow, and throughout the throughout the week, how busy do you expect things to get in terms of uh, activity for the Sabers and General Manager Kevin Adams? Do you think it's going to be a busy time, or do you think that um, you know? Yeah. I, I know it's so hard to forecast, but I mean, something's got to give here, right?
1: Yeah, but we're not going to be real busy for. A while. I mean, we'll we'll find out the list tomorrow, but as of three o'clock today, you have the waiver and trade freeze. They can only, Unless they make a trade with Seattle, that's the only team they can trade with. Now, that doesn't mean they can't come to an agreement on a deal with somebody. I mean, they can, they can say, all right, we've agreed to trade Jack Eichel, and we have the parameters of the deal, and then that can't be announced until 1 o'clock on the 22nd. So the 22nd could be a very busy day as people start getting their trades ready for the next day when the first round of the draft starts.
2: Paul Hamilton joining us here on the Wester Hotline on WGR. If you've got a question, comment, or thought for Paul Hamilton, feel free to uh, to chime in and, and let Paul know what you're feeling about the Sabres at 803-0550. If you still need the toll free number, it's 1-888-550-2550. So, Paul, the, the the transaction freeze takes place today at three o'clock. After three o'clock nobody can be traded, nobody can be put on unconditional waivers for buyout. Uh and you know, we're then at that point we wait till five with the expansion protected list that has to be uh submitted, and then we'll know tomorrow. But uh do you expect anything before three o'clock today, whether it be with the Sabres or League Wide?
1: It's been fairly quiet. Uh yesterday Dreger was talking about uh you know, Rasmus Ristolainen starting to ramp up a little bit. Uh, you know, if you're going to trade Ristolainen and that's your plan, it would be it would behoove them to do it before three o'clock because then you don't have to worry about are you protecting him, are you protecting Will Borgan, or you know you, the decision's been made for you. Then should should he be traded before that? So that would be the only one. They really don't need Eichel or Reinhardt's spots for the forwards, unless you really have a desire to protect Zemgus Gergensen's. And I don't see where that, why they, I mean, that's an overpriced contract right? a guy who missed the full season. yeah. So you you don't really need Eichel's spot or Reinhardt's spot, but you could use a defenseman's spot. So, yeah, if if, you, if we're going to see anything, that's the one I would expect is a wrist line in before three o'clock. If that's what they, you know, if they got something close.
2: Yeah. Paul you pointed it out pretty well in your article at wgr550.com it it shouldn't be it should be a no brainer in terms of the forwards but with the defensive group that's where the debate really gets to to be heated up and you're I'm on the same boat as you are it really isn't that much of a debate when you think about it. It should be Will Borgan that's protected. You should leave Rasmus Ristolainen unprotected. And the only prevailing thought that I can think that people would not want to protect Ristolainen is you don't want to lose a guy that. I, I mean, I, I don't I, I really even thinking about what I was just trying to say. It's just kind of like no, that doesn't really make sense. It it just to me just really has no point as to why you would protect Ristolainen over. Borgan because I do believe, along with you, is that if you leave Borgan unprotected, there he's obviously going to Seattle. Oh, I think I
1: in my mind there's no question. I mean, you never say never, but I think uh, you know, Bottrell's there as the assistant GM. He knows he knows Will very well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so, you know, I just think there's no question Borgan would be and and the thing is I understand that and I've been saying this for a while now. It's, it was just so obvious to me that the Sabres were overvaluing Ristolainen. They think he's worth more than most of the league does by a lot. And the asking price is a lot. A young defenseman and a high draft pick. I don't mind that. I mean, why not ask high? I mean, you're not going to... Your, your best offer isn't going to be the first time you talk on the phone with somebody. So, I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, that, that that's all right, but... I would hope, especially since Sam Ventura is here now in the analytics department, that they wouldn't think that's what they're going to get for Ristolainen. I hope right. Kevin Adams is – and I, I think I do know Kevin Adams a little smarter than that to, to know that that's not what he's going to get. Now, again, I'll repeat, never say never. Maybe I'll be shocked, and he will get that. So if if he has it in his head that, well, this is what we're going to get for Linan well, then he has a reason for protecting him. Because if you're going to get a high pick and a good young defenseman, all right, th- if you know for sure that's what you're getting, then maybe I can go along with you. But unless you have a trade in the works, I don't know how you would know that. And I just, especially as I said with, with Ventura around now, I, I just don't see how he could actually think
2: that. Right. I, I'm I'm in the same boat where it's just it's so hard to even fathom the thought that you know they're they're going to get what they think he's worth it, at this point. If 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 you got a deal like that in the past, why even you made a deal like that if you think that's what you would have gotten in the first place? So, I mean, to me, when you when you look at Borgan compared to Ristolainen's game, Borgan is. Almost just as good as Ristolainen, other than minus the fact that they're two totally different type of players. Borgen's more of a defensive player who is very responsible in his own end and eats up a lot of minutes, whereas Ristolainen can be that two-way guy that provides the offense, but super inconsistent in his own end.
1: Yeah, absolutely is. The two unaware, Um, I just don't think—I think he's too stubborn. I think there's a way that Rasmus Ristolainen thinks the game should be played. And no coach is going to tell him different. And I think he, no matter who the coach is, that's the way he's going to play. And you know, it just he he makes some dumb decisions out there. It's as simple as that. I mean, how many times do you see him in the right area, but not covering the guy that scores the goal? You know, because he he thought of it a split second after the puck went in the net. You know, it's too late. So now it's you know now the puck's in the net. But then. He'll tantalize you for a while. He'll go like six, seven games and play really, really well and look great in his defensive zone and make very few mistakes and joins the rush and does all the good things. And then you see, you say, oh, okay, yeah, he's getting it. So he, he, he gives you that little bit, and then he falls back in his old ways. The only the only time that was different this year is I thought he and McCabe this year to start the year were good every game, I, I, and, and they – line and really improve McCabe was on top of his game if I got bat Rasmus Ristolainen line in every game I wouldn't be interested in training him I'd be interested in finding a a, a new contract for him mm-hmm. but if if they really think he's worth that then they should be trying to resign him yeah why would you want to trade a defenseman that could that is worth what you're trying to tell everybody he is worth um he's not but if you if you feel he's worth
2: that, then why aren't you trying to sign him to a contract extension? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's very puzzling that way. And and, you know, I think a lot of people are I don't know if they're bracing for it, but you know, I think a lot of people would be at ease if come, you know, three o'clock today Rissa gets, you know, dealt and then it just opens up that spot for Borgan and there's no debating it anymore. I think that would be the the right move to make, but again, if the, if Kevin Adams believes that that's his value with the the player and the in the high pick, then it, and at least that's what Darren Dragger said yesterday. Then obviously then probably a move isn't going to be made before three o'clock, and they'd hope they they get that value. But then that just leaves the the thought also for people that okay they're protecting wrist of line and because they still believe they can get that value, and then they're going to lose Borgan. So
1: and, and what drives me crazy too is people we don't want to lose him because he hits, right? Right? Yeah, he does. To be nuts. He does. He does hit, absolutely, yeah. and Borgen will bring that to the table, but Borgen hasn't been you know, in that many games, so when Borgen's not there, Ristolainen brings something that nobody else on the defense brings. A little bit Colin Miller, but not a lot. Okay, but how many times do you see him, and I love hitting just as much as the next person does, but the rush is coming on, and Ristolainen from the right defense all of a sudden starts veering to the left, Cuts in front of the guy, his own defensive partner, makes a hit and takes himself totally out of position. And now you've got a two-on-one the other way because he to make the big hit, he takes himself out of position, and he does that all the time. And that drives me out of my mind. And I, and I think to myself, okay, and, and Rasmus Ristolainen, you know, he does have that drive. He does work out hard. Um, he, he does want to win. There's no question about that. You know, I like his attitude. I, I like his his makeup that way. But to me, just because he hits, doesn't that doesn't mean that he's a great defenseman for you, and you need to keep him and take all his defensive flaws with it because he hits.
2: And and a guy that can easily hit and be more responsible is Will Borgan. So there's another notch in, uh, another feather in the cap for Borgan in terms of trying to make the argument of protecting him over a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen. Paul Hamilton joining us here on the Western Hotline here on WGR. Again, if you have a question or comment for Paul, you're more than welcome to join us at 803-0550, or you can use the toll-free number 1-888-550-2550. Um, Paul... It, do you think there's any, any possibility that, you know, maybe that since the Sabres would be, you know, with this with this expansion draft, if they're giving – maybe they are giving up Will Borgen, but maybe as incentive they say, all right, well, if, you know, maybe take Kyle Oposo as well or, you know if- – I don't know. I don't think there's any way they're taking Jeff Skinner. But, hey, maybe if you're going to take Oposo, we will give you Jeff Skinner or some some sort of compens- – or not Jeff Skinner, Oposo and some sort of compensation. Do you still th- think there's a possibility of that at all? Yeah, that's one way they could keep both Ristolainen and Borgen
1: is and, – and I know they've looked into Oposo is to lean them towards that way. But that's going to take, I think, more than the sixth-round pick it took that Vegas took to leave – Lena Almarck alone, I think. I think you're probably more in the third or fourth round type of category. So, do they feel that's worth it? I mean, you get rid of a contract that's only has two more years left. Um, as far as cash itself, it's four million both years. As far as cap hit, it's six million that you would be you would be able to get rid of. Um, I've been hearing a lot of hand wringing that well, maybe you could get rid of Skinner if you're allowed to keep half the salary. Sabers aren't doing that; they're not keeping dead money. That's that's a thing of the past. It's over. It's done with. They're not doing it. Um, they're not. The, they kept money in the one-year deals of Hall and that type of thing, but that was just this year, and that's it. You know, right, but they're not going to keep money, especially in a, in a Skinner situation, for six years. Right. And I don't know if they can anyway. Mm-hmm. as an expansion draft. I don't know if you can keep money. I think that would have to be a trade, if quite honestly. But all I, I keep hearing is, well, the Sabres can keep money on this and they can keep money on that. Just stop talking about it because they're not going to. That's not what Terry Pagula is doing anymore. And don't forget, before Taylor Hall rolled around last year, the Sabres had a budget of $71 million, 71.5, I believe, mm-hmm. for the salary cap. They weren't going to go over it. Then Taylor Hall thing came around, and Kruger is basically running the organization, and they pretty much were going to give Kruger anything he wanted. So it's like, all right, here's Taylor Hall. We'll do it. We have the cat. But I, I w- <laughs> let's not forget about that, folks. I don't think they're going to be spending the $81.5 Now, that's another one where you say never say never. You don't know what's going to roll around. But I think the idea is they're probably going to be around $71.5 million uh, I think that's what uh you know Adams is under. It's just like hiring a coach. He had a budget to hire a coach. Mm-hmm. and that budget, I don't think can you know included Bruce Boudreau or and and quite honestly, I don't even think if Boudreau would have gotten the job anyway. In this particular case, I think it was Granato unless Brindamore became available and there was no indication that he was going mm-hmm. to. so i I don't think that's a big deal that they had a coaching budget, but they did. And I think you know I think people are forgetting that player budget last year and I think they're back under that player budget especially if you clear out you know 10 million dollars of Jack Eichel's cap and you clear out 5.4 of Linens and uh, you clear out whatever you would have had to pay uh, Reinhardt I mean a qualifying offer is 5.2 if he were to accept that you clear all that out of there well don't don't be shocked if it's seven771 seven, million or around there
2: yeah all right, Paul. Well, uh, the the one thing that I do want to point out with the um, with your article, the last thing I'll point out with the article at WGR five fifty is the goaltending situation. The only. Contract that the Sabres have to really worry about at goaltender with the expansion draft is Dustin Tokarski. Allmark's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Hutton's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So, what do the Sabres do there? I mean, they have that open goalie spot that they're going to have to use to protect someone. Do they protect Tokarski because he's the only one under contract, or do they protect a guy like Allmark to make sure that a team like Seattle is not negotiating with him? opening up that possibility that he agrees to a contract and signs with them leading up to the expansion draft.
1: Yeah, they can't protect Tokarski because they have to make a goaltender with experience available. Yes. So he has to be that goalie. They mm-hmm. have nobody else. I mean, there's not, there's nobody else they can. So that would have to be Tokarski and uh, Allmark would have to be the other one Then, if you didn't want them negotiating with him type of a deal. Um, so yeah, there, there's there's no choice in that one. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and some because I did an expansion draft on our website, and and there was just a uh, and there was some people that were just saying, well, you know, you should be doing your homework because there's just no way that teams are going to protect their unrestricted free agents that are going to be, you know, heading to the free agent market as of the twenty eighth, and it's just no, you could protect those players if you don't want them going to the market and allowing them to talk to Seattle during this time, you protect them. I mean, a guy like. Alex Ovechkin, I mean, unless you're absolutely sure that they're not going to talk with anyone other than themselves, then you you should be protecting them. But, you know, uh, in this instance, I mean, you have to protect Allmark. Yeah, exa-
1: exactly. Uh, you know, there isn't a choice. I mean, you've got the young goaltenders who, you know, don't need to be protected. So, yeah, there there is no choice.
2: All 550 888 1-888-552-550. Got a caller here, uh, Mitch in Highland, joining us here on WGR with a question for Paul. Go ahead, Mitch.
1: Yeah, I'm just wondering about this debate that I've heard, not only from you guys here this morning, but, but on, on most of the other shows, too, about whether we're going to protect Borgen or Ristolainen. And, um, and why is it that Yoki Haru is automatically deemed to be protected I, I don't see enough in his game to necessarily just assume we need to protect him over the other two why why aren't we discussing yoki Haru possibly being left unprotected okay because there's there's no way number one he's a number one pick number two he played under don granado much 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 better i mean he was backed the way he was when he was acquired from the blackhawks um, so it wasn't just Darlene playing better. Yoki Haru was much better, too. So, you know, he brings he brings a lot to the defense. You know, he's a, he's a good puck mover. Um, when he's on his game, he's good defensively. He plays angles very well. Um, he's not afraid. I mean, he's not one of these guys that shies away if somebody's going to hit him and then loses the puck. That was Pilot's problem. Pilot was scared to death to get hit. And if he, then teams found that out, so they'd send two court checkers in on him and just go straight at him, and he would get real stiff and look. when he saw that he was going to get hit, and he'd stand up straight and he'd lose the puck um, because he was going to get hit. Uh, Yoki Haru's not like that. He's 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 fine with that. So um, that's why I think Yoki Haru played very well once Don Granado showed up.
2: Thank you for the call, Mitch. Um, Paul, uh, the other thing that you had on our website yesterday at WGR550.com is Don Granado speaking with Andrew Peters, Craig Gervais, and Marty Buran on the Instigators yesterday. And he brought up the point that uh, you know, he's trying to keep Matt Ellison, Dan Girardi as his assistant coaches on his coaching staff. Do you how do you feel about that? And do you feel that's the right move for the Sabres and Granado going forward?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's no surprise at all. Um I, I knew he thought a lot about them, and I think He's right. They were instrumental in in what went on for the Sabres and how they improved, especially in Girardi's case with the defense. We just talked about Yoki Haru and Darlene. They could relate to Girardi. I mean, they both played against him. So they've seen him on the ice. You know, he he played right through 2019. So, you know, he, he gets that instant credibility of he wasn't retired 25 years ago when the game was different you know he can he can relate to the game as it's played today now yeah Rasmus Dahlin doesn't play the game like Dan Girardi did but still he can relate to certain situations that that uh, Dahlin can get himself into or that Yoki Haru or Samuelson or Borgen or any of the young guys can get themselves into so he got a lot of respect that way and I think he was also key in them improving their games Matt Ellis. I, there, there was no question in my mind when Matt Ellis retired, he was going to be a coach. I just thought, well, when's it going to happen? I mean, I've watched him run skates, uh, you know, during prospects camp. I mean, they'd have him out there, and, and he would do it, you know, how the players used to arrive in town in August, and I'd be out there talking to some of them. Uh, it wasn't a Sabres practice. Somebody had to run it, and since Matt Ellis was over there with the programs over at Harbor Center, You know, he would run practice for them, and it was just like an NHL practice. And they appreciated, you know, he made it hard and and did the drills that he did. Um, Matt Ellis is very bright about the game. He was the type of guy that analyzed the game. He was the first guy to the arena, the last guy to leave, always in the gym, always an example. He had to be that way because he didn't have the talent to play any other way. You know, that's how he was going to make the NHL. And that's how he made his mark in the NHL is by doing all these things. And it's carried over into his coaching, too. So, yeah, no surprise at all that he would want them uh, on the staff.
2: Last thing I'll ask you here, Paul, before we let you go on this wet and rainy Saturday, uh, just with your your thoughts overall on how the Sabres are going to approach uh, the next few days after the expansion draft. So the expansion draft takes place on the 21st. The transaction freeze lifts on the 22nd at one o'clock. And then the next day on the 23rd is round one of the NHL draft. Do you believe that there's going to be any big move made in terms of maybe an Eichel trade or Reinhardt trade so they can get those first round picks this year to keep uh, to help build your prospect system a little bit more? Uh, Do you think the Sabres draft Owen Power number one overall, like many people expect? How do you think things kind of play out? I know it's asking for predictions and you don't do predictions, but uh, just how, what's your gut instinct when you're looking at uh, the next few days after the expansion draft?
1: I would be surprised if they didn't draft Power. You know, I, I think that's the direction they're leaning in. Um you know, I, I I am a little bit surprised that Reinhardt hasn't been dealt yet. That trade is so much different than the Eichel trade. So, again, you know, did you just not get the offers that you think you need to get to trade him? Um, it wouldn't shock me at all that as soon as, I mean, I think there's no question, as soon as that trade freeze is lifted, I think you're going to hear deals announced, trades announced. I think teams are going to have trades ready to go. Uh, you know, as I said, just because you can't make a trade doesn't mean you can't make a phone call. I mean, you can still call another GM and talk about a trade and get something ready. So when the trade freeze is lifted, then you're just all you need to do is basically send it into the NHL and announce it. So you know, I think I think that on the 22nd it'll be very busy around the NHL. Um, I don't know the the Eichel thing. You just it's 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 impossible to know only because of the injury. You know what teams are thinking. How big of a chance are they willing to take? You know, do they think the injury is going to be fine? Do they agree with Jack as far as the surgery goes, or do they agree with the Sabers that they'd rather not have it done? But would Jack change his mind if he went to a team like Colorado, thinking I have I have a chance to win the Stanley Cup here? Uh, why in the, Why in the world would I just not agree to do it their way? You know, uh, right? He, the, he's not going to do that with the Sabers because <laughs> he doesn't want to be here. But, you know, if he's going to go to a team like Colorado or Vegas or somebody like that, he might say, you know what? <laughs> I want to win the Cup. I've been, I want to be in the playoffs. Let's do it their way. Right.
2: Well, Paul, as always, your time is much appreciated on the show and also just throughout the time on WGR. And um hope you enjoy the rest of your rainy weekend, and we'll talk again, I'm sure, on Monday.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All
2: right. Paul Hamilton joining us on the Western Hotline with the latest on the Sabres and what's going to happen. Again, the Sabres will have to have their protection list for the expansion draft in by five o'clock today. At some point tomorrow, we should know who they left unprotected, who they protected as long as the rest of the NHL. And then the speculation can begin. Who does Seattle take? Who does Seattle not take? And we go from there.